Blog Talk Radio. Check out What up, Blog Talk Radio in the world? And I don't have any listeners. I got out there, but I'm gonna have to cut the theme music down because I did this show in exactly seven minutes of setup time. Seven glorious years. I'm waiting for the chick to come on the show. So I'm gonna let it pop for a second. And then I'm going to hope that pray that I can figure out how to shut it off. This is the type of thing you can roll around in glory. Hold on. Oh, my God, it worked. My ice machine is uh, making about 300 cubic uh, watts of ice, and there's nobody in here. Late, guys, I'm serious. Vegas fans, sales and marketing behind the eight ball, y'all know me. So, no introductions. Uh, I do want to do a real, real quick. Um, I love this man. He was like, I mean, second of my father, the finest man I ever knew. Uh, sent me a happy birthday wish on December 1st and uh, passed away on December 3rd, the $400 million man. Uh, J.F. Jim Straw, who I had the pleasure of interviewing on this show. Uh, I had a bourbon in his honor, and uh, one of the classiest, most beloved people in this industry, 50 years and over $450 million. And as I said on the show, anybody had a bad thing to say about Jim had to be a real asshole. He was just a class act. and really, really hit me hard. And... uh, I hope he's up there doing well, and uh, I know he was battling a lot of depression issues because him and I discussed those things. Those are the type of things you don't discuss out in the open, but, you know, people are human, and we're all human, and we all have issues. I have been, seriously, my first crush in life was Olivia Newton-John. I had to go see Greece. My mom made me take my sisters. I said, I don't want to go see Greece, Mom. I saw the movie, fell in love with Olivia Newton-John, then got back 20-some whatever years later and got into this crazy I Am stuff. I'm more of an offliner anyway. And there she was. I made a comment one day over this copywriting called Mafiosa Marketing or something like that, and I said, I don't know who the dude that wrote this is, but he's got to be connected. Got to be somebody in the Sopranos Got to be somebody might be affiliated with the Gambino crime family because I had a guest, as some of you know, on my show who was associated with the Gambino crime family at one point. Allegedly. I always use that word. Anyway, that hymn was her, and it's her, and it's my guest today. My first crush. I'm serious. When I saw this girl, beautiful, most beautiful voice in the world, loved by her peers. There isn't a bad thing I can say about her. Even if I wanted to, God, I usually come up with something. Uh, the lovely Rachel Rofe. What's up, girl? You, you can't talk that. No, you can't talk that. What are you supposed to say to it? <laughs> you just got to speak up into the phone a little bit. You remind me of my friend Sylvia. They like to mumble in the phone. I know you're overtaken. We set this up. No bullshit. Tell them it's the truth. Literally in four minutes. I, I have been trying to get you on the show for about seven years. Uh, you've had to wash your hair. 
you've had to do this. You, uh, one day I was having a hurricane. Uh, I, I mean, a myriad of excuses, some legit, some not. And I think you're, you know, you know, you're a brandable name now. And you know, coming on my show isn't necessarily, you know, they always say you may not work in Hollywood again. So, but your friend did show Jamie Minton did show up twice. So I figured. I got one final guest. When I thought I was dying with the cancer, I said, i got to have Jamie Minton on the show. So I got her back on the show. I said, i got to get Rachel Rofe one time. So what is going on with you, girlfriend? Oh, man, I'm just getting ready for my trip to uh, to Frisk, to San Francisco, and then Yeah, you're Vegas. going to Frisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're going to my old stomping ground where I lived for five years in, in Vegas. And what is it, a mist? What, are you, what the hell do you call it, a mistress what? Mistress mind. It's a mastermind, but it's all women. Oh, so you got a mill. Okay. You guys got writing craps or anything like that? Or it's all mind stuff? <laughs> I'm just talking. It's venture talking, too. Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't. I'll be nice. I'll be nice. But what do you, so, <laughs> so, so what are you guys, is, is, are you guys talking about marketing or are you guys talking about women's issues or what is it? I mean, uh, give me a little light on this. Yeah, it's all marketing. So basically, well, marketing and end life, I guess. Basically, just what we want to create for the year. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it ends up being that we're on the phone with each other and it's like something else personal is going on and we just want to talk about it with the other women. But usually it's about just business and asking for insight and sharing ideas and all that fun stuff. Right, right. Well, let me ask you this, Rach. I'm not going to go through all your background because we don't have time, and I don't do these little short, cheesy half-hour shows anymore, so I don't even know where to begin. But where, and you know, I'll ask personal questions, but where is your source of income coming from now? Because I know when I first met you, you were pretty much a copywriter and a really good one. I know you work with Carlton. And who was the other guy that always busted my balls, Brian McElroy? Yep. I gave him a great idea about green cards. I think he ripped me off on that. But anyway, here nor there. He's he's somewhere in South America. Um, you made you made good money, and then you you know you you were one of these people who put out quality shit. Pardon my French, but you did. You put out really good stuff, and then you came up, I think, with some sort of outsourcing business. You sold that, and. Um, and then it seems to me kind of I kind of try to like to read the blogs and I'll go to your blog every now and then, and it almost seems like you kind of have a you know you kind of wrestle with do I want to do internet marketing or is there something bigger out there for me? Where are we at, you know, right now with that? Where are you at? Is this what you want to do? Do you want to? I mean, it's obviously what you're good at. You can write copy. You've got connections. Uh, you know, I asked James J. Jones once, I said, does you, when I missed you when you were at the Waffle House, I said, you know, does she look as good as uh, I remember? And he said, better. <laughs> so, oh, uh, God, I'm sorry I missed you that day. But, I mean, really, truthfully, have you evolved? Are you, are you is there something, I, I guess the word is, you pretty much been an internet marketer for a long time. Are you going to other areas, or are you scaling down or scaling up, or what are you what are you doing? Um, you know, I, I'm gradually going over to more of a personal development space. I was definitely like I actually put a um, draft dead date on my internet marketing of January 18th, and I was right. talking to my strategy manager about it, and. Um, we were we were going to do it, and I was gung ho actually until a couple of days ago. And lately, like it's just been really fun to do the internet marketing thing. Like I was telling you earlier before the show started, I've just been mm-hmm. feeling 
like super on purpose and super amazing. And I think it's because I've been bringing like personal development to the internet marketing stuff. And so it hasn't just been about you know the whiz bang formula or anything like that. It's just been like here's what so you're not selling bells and whistles so much anymore, honey, as you are. Um, more life improvement skills? Am I right, or is that am I off base on that? I mean, I'm giving. I'm definitely giving like what works. But here's the thing: you can. There's so many people you can give these formulas to, and then they're still not doing well. And at the same oh, point, there's other people. Yeah, and so like there's other people who um, they might not have the formulas or the little blueprints or whatever, but they have their mind made that they're going to do well and come mm-hmm. hell or high water, like they do well because it's not the mindset. So, I don't know, it's just way more exciting for me to talk about, and it feels like um, that's more what I came here to do, just to inspire people and to um, to just, yeah, talk about how any kind of, anything you want to be created can be created. So, that's Absolutely. what I'm looking for. And I think a lot of it has to do with, and I found this out myself the hard way when I did when I first launched with Barter Arbitrage, and the thing got so massive it was just beyond my scope because you got to go out and hire the expensive copywriters, and you've got to – and it's not just that. You know when a big launch goes out, everything that can go wrong will go wrong, most likely. And you'll have someone who has Comcast, and, of course, they never get it because no one gets – and, by the way, any of you out there who have Comcast, get rid of it. You will never, ever get anything I send you in your Comcast email. It spams. But um, it's the truth. And I know you know part of that's true, too. Comcast is a bitch when it comes to, you know, where's my stuff? I paid 300 Lady, uh, you might want to check your Comcast. I say it a little nicer. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But but my point is um, I learned that the hard way, too. I'm to the point now where it really is important to me who I surround myself with. I will turn down a paycheck if I think the guy's going to be a dick. Pardon my, you know, you know what I'm saying? I think that the people that are out there that are professional Internet marketers that are cranking out a product on that WSO dime sale every single week, and I'm not knocking them. i got no right to judge. It's not for me, but that's what you're going to deal with. I would much rather deal with people that have been with me from day one, as you, I know, have had customers with you from day one, and are still buying from you. I mean, isn't it a completely different thing than churn and burn? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. And it's just like, it's so much better for for just life. (laughs) Instead of like having to do this paycheck to paycheck and launch to launch to launch to launch, it's just so much more fun to just have products that are there, that you know are high quality, that people come in and get long term. And um, and that's what really gives you the whole internet lifestyle and all that stuff too, you know? You can just like be away from You're not chasing the money. Chasing the money, it will never happen. And by the way, there is no great amount of money. Uh, I talked to, uh, when I was training with Oz and Mayo, he, I said, what would you would prefer? I made 100000 a month or 10000 a month. I, I mean, 100000 one-time big hit or 10000 a month. He said 10000 a month. He said because one is a score and the other is you've actually built a business that's scalable. And, you, you know, and, I, and it didn't make sense at the time, but now I do understand that. And, um, 
you know, it, it's it's um, wh- what would you say you've evolved at most? I mean, because you really did start off heavy on the copywriting. Is that was it? Was that something you did just because you were good? Because I want to let a lot of people know. I ask you. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this. I always got to throw something in here. Throw a monkey in the ring. I flat out ask you, how in the hell does a nice girl from Pennsylvania know so much about the mob? Now, I dated a girl from Pennsylvania who had a father who was a New York City police detective and an uncle in the mob. So on certain days of the week, she'd go to wherever that, you know, Louis Levinson or wherever to visit, you know, Don Carlo, and then the rest of the time with her dad. And you told me, and it just blew me away. I just got a book on the mob, and 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 and, and, I, and it just it stunned me because you know what piece I'm talking about. I just I I go back to that. I'm thinking, I, I that there's a gift there because the average person can't do that. Um, I know you were working with Carlton. I know you were working with some good people, but you were plucking out some stuff there that, I mean, I've been around some people that, I mean, if you had read that, would have bought it. I mean, they would have bought the lingo. So did did you fancy yourself a copywriter at some point in your life and then decide you wanted to do something else? Because that's where you did start. I'm just going to where we start. I like to, you know, always go where we start, then we can kind of figure out where we're going. And with you, I never know where the hell you're going. You're the hardest person to figure out I've ever had on because I never know what you're going to do next, which makes you interesting, of course. Well, thanks. You know, most of these people I know exactly, you know, ABC. I'm pretty street smart. With you, I'm not quite sure. One day you're rolling around on the floor. Uh, next thing, uh, they're accusing of uh, accusing you and me of getting kicked out of a Dale Carnegie seminar for uh, doing dope or smoking up a Lucky Strike yeah. cigarette or you know some some god awful rumor on the internet. But anyway, wh- where where do you see yourself? I mean, okay, I mean you, and that's the other thing I wanted to bring up, and then I'm going to let you talk. You. I'm not. I'm total opposite. If you look at my desk right now, it's it's a disaster. I got papers everywhere. I got a fifty dollar bill wadded up over here. A bunch of ones. Credit card slips from the night. Totally most disarrayed person in the world. You ought to come down here. I'll pay you. You square me up. I'll pay you good. You can clean. You know, just organize me. But you are real organized, and more so, you're real goal orientated. Um. Do you, is that a real important part of your modus operandi? Is that uh, knowing where you're going to be tomorrow? Because I don't know where the hell I'm going to be tomorrow, much less half the time. I don't know where the hell I'm going to be today. That's just me, though. <laughs> um, I don't need. I definitely don't need to know every single second about where I'm going to be and what I'm doing and stuff. And I guess I have overarching goals. So, like right now, my goal is to. Um, well, number one, to inspire millions of people, and the way that I'm mm-hmm. doing that is just um, writing a book and just kind of living out each day. So, so basically, like whatever my overarching goal is, I'll kind of live each day towards that goal. So it's not like I have every hour to hour planned out or whatever, but I have the long term in mind. And um, I like to always reverse engineer my goals. So if I want to inspire millions of people, then I reverse engineer, see what needs to be done to make that happen, and then just go that route. 
I'm a big believer in reverse engineering because it's amazing. Once something, that's something Jim Tommy, uh, long before he actually did die, he said once something can be done, it can be done. He said once they ran, he, you know, you know, it's like the guy who ran the four minute mile. Once it was done, the following year, I can't tell you how many people ran the four minute mile. I mean, anything can be reversed engineered, and I did an entire show on reverse engineering, and I think it's fascinating. Gets into quantum physics, uh, physics, and things like that that I'm really interested in as well. But when you say inspire millions, um, in what way you? I always thought your story in itself was inspiring. You you had weight issues. You were stuck up in Pennsylvania. Uh, you got to me just the fact that you look as beautiful as you do it as articulate and I'm not stroking you it's true you're, you're smart intelligent beautiful that in itself was something I was always a little curious as to why you didn't push further than you did maybe it just wasn't something that uh, you thought maybe you thought it was too superficial I don't know but when you talk about inspiring millions on what level um, are we talking Inspiring them for what? To uh, I mean, to be the best. I mean, give me give me something more specific than the uh, Marines. Be the best you can be. Yeah. So um, basically, I just want to um, basically show people that no matter whatever their life circumstances are, no matter what their life circumstances are, they can um, they have a choice about them, and so they can. Right view them pretty much however they want. And specifically what I really love talking about is when, like, crappy things happen to people. I really love showing how it happened for their highest good, what the good that came out of it was. And um, the book that I'm working on now is actually going to be, like, a series of interviews from people um, that I talk to that basically have had these things happen in their lives. So, for example, like last year, was just the most ridiculous year for me. Mm-hmm. I was married, got an old seven months later, then um, my business partner and I broke up, had a friend move in, a friend left, like all these health issues, gained a bunch of weight, um, I moved like four times in a year. It was just crazy, crazy stressful. Yeah, you had a rough, and, you, you and me had a, you and me could write 212 when our best year was it, babe. <laughs> and we had better. This this one coming up is going to be my best. I, um, I'm just letting too. you know now. So. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, but the thing is, like, the year was terrible, but now, like I was just saying, this I've felt, like, more on purpose and better than I ever have in my entire life, and if I hadn't, um, like, gotten out of all those things that weren't serving me, then I would never be in this place now, and so, yeah, it sucked at the time, but in retrospect, it was absolutely incredible, and same thing, like, with just, like, childhood stuff and all this stuff, it was, like, this kind of a crazy childhood or whatever, but, like, what I ended up learning from it was just through the roof, incredible. And so that's what I want to talk about with people, just um, not sure. to be a victim of their circumstances and realize that everything's happening for a reason. I, you know what, that's so beautifully said because I totally agree with it. Christ, I, I, I learned a lesson, which is uh, don't even make a joke to your mother about you eloping ever. Next time you choose to get married, don't tell me. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I got my ass chewed up. And <laughs> but you know what? I, you know what, the truth of the matter is, I, I did write something back about that. I said, you know what, Mrs. So-and-so, I said, your daughter's very lucky to have a mother who loves her as much as you did. And I meant it. I really did. Because, you know, a lot of them don't. 
But, boy, I got my ass chewed. That was just some joke or something. You made a comment like, maybe we should elope. And I said, yeah, go for it. That's your, your, you know, you got a little gypsy in you. (laughs) Next thing I know, I got my ass chewed. I'm writing Jamie. I said, oh, man, now I feel horrible. I think I got uh, poor Rachel in trouble with her mother and her mother just (laughs) – and really, it wasn't even anything like that, but it just felt bad because I wasn't trying to even get in the, you know, you know me, I didn't want you getting married to begin with, you know, so. <laughs> you know, you don't want your first crush getting married. Who the hell wants to see that? But, you know, I mean, I'm going <laughs> to. But um, I totally agree with you on one thing. I don't want to go into all the bad stuff that, you know, uh, I did some bad stuff when I was a kid, but when I was a kid, like, you know, but I mean stuff that you you know. But I sat back the other day and I said, I remember this time where God, the guy had a gun in the back of my head and he pulled the hammer. And normally when you do that, you're going to shoot somebody. You don't just you know pull the hammer. And I didn't die. He didn't shoot me. Oh. Uh, I remember another time I'm sitting in a car, happened to be a police car with my pockets full of contraband, I won't even say what. Again, I'm about 20. And the and the cop runs my name. I have a warrant, but it doesn't show up. Um, had it shown up, I would have had probably 10 more years added on to my... And I went through this list and list, and it hit me one day, and I said, whether it's God or higher power, the universe or something, something out there wants... Vinny to be around a while because yeah. I counted at least a dozen I mean forget the nine lives I'm talking it, it really is interesting um, and you and you do learn from them and I was fortunate enough not to, to do what most people do which is well let me get out of jail I know how to beat the system and then they end up dying in it or getting shot on the street and and I never did that, and I and I turned it turned it around. But but it doesn't just have to be something like a, a, a criminal edge. It could just be. I've had it happen with uh, you know the broken heart thing. I mean, I thought you handled that pretty damn good. I mean, unless you unless you're the best faker on the planet. I mean, it's so easy to say, oh, yeah, we're going to be friends, and you know, I've used that line too. Do you think Vegas Vince ever had his heart broke? I'm going to say it. You know, I mean, that's against my image. Oh, Christ, I can't tell you how many times. In fact, there's so many pieces of my heart scattered across uh, the alley, I'm surprised they got enough left to keep beating, truthfully. So, um, but, I I mean, it's remarkable how well you keep, you know, you do what uh, you do best, uh, which is one of the reasons I always did admire you. You keep the chin up, and you keep it public. I, I think that's one of the reasons the, the people love you so much is because uh, they're not getting an act with you. Uh, they're not getting an act with you at all. I, I really, you know, I, that doesn't mean you could see, you know, every single personal detail of your life gets, you know, shown. But I think you're very honest with your, and I hate to use the word list, but with your peeps. And, you know, that breeds integrity. That breeds trust. And that is one of the reasons people want to give you money. They, they, they trust you. And and I, and and who in the hell couldn't trust you? I mean, I, I mean, you'd be, you'd be. And I, I think that's something that you might not bring up because you're modest. But other people 
who look at Rachel Rothfain want to know why this girl was so successful, that's something they need to look at. I mean, what you see is what you get there, really truthfully. I mean that. I was going to, you know, I really, tru- I mean, truthfully, I really mean, I think that is one of your keys to success. It's harder for you to say it than me. But on this well, book here, on this on this book here, um, you're going to be interviewing people that have had some traumatic things, and then they spun them into gold. Is that basically it? Um, dramatic and not dramatic. So just, um, everyone well, I don't mean traumatic, but I mean things that are well, whatever. Yeah, I guess traumatic could be one adjective. I guess that's one word. Heartbreak, a breakup. I mean, those are all things could be considered traumatic. Exactly, yeah. They say, um, I mean, you could go and, like, fall and stub your toe or whatever when you're younger, and it can register as painful as someone who is just, like, beaten crazily. So, like, literally, it's not necessarily um, a difference in people's minds. So, yeah, I guess just, or I know, just um, different things that seemed really tough for people all the time and then how they overcame it. And I'd like to actually have a lot of, a range of stories from things that seem less, um, big of a deal to title, big of a deal to not everyone's been through these crazy things like you were talking about, but they still have things that bring them down. Right, right. Now, how are you finding these people? Well, um... Are they in your I'm circle? Actually, or, I mean, the reason I ask that is sometimes you got to be careful when you're dealing with... I, I always used to say this about copywriters. I always had a problem with copywriters that let other copywriters critique their work. Sometimes I think you got to get out there and let the public do it. Um, do, you, do you get out there at all and, and, and you know, uh, reach out to just people that may not know you're Rachel Rofe, uh Vegas Vince's first online crush, you know, and they may not know you other than the chick with all the hair? Um. I am right now talking to some people in my circle, but the plan is actually to um, just expand it. And then I want to make it a marketing launch first because the plan is to get it onto the New York Times bestselling list. And so I'll be pulling um, people from my audience from, you know, right. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I'm just curious yeah. how you're going about it. Yeah. So um, talking to those people and getting some stories that way and really um, enrolling everyone in the process of as I'm writing the book, how I'm doing it, what I'm doing, and um, hopefully getting them on board and excited to change the world with me. Are you going with the? Uh, now are you going to do what like Ron Douglas did and try to put the? You know, Ron got the big quarter million dollar deal with Simon and Schuster. Uh, are you doing this as self-published? Or are you going through or trying uh, attempt to go through a literary agent, go through the publishing uh, uh, mode, or have you decided? I have decided. I have about 40 books right now that are self-published. And if it's just... Oh, I know you um, have a lot of Kindle. I meant this book yeah, yeah, is... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some of them are physical, but, like, um, for those books, they're just um, passive kind of money makers. For this book, when my goal is to be on the New York Times bestselling list, it kind of needs to be published. That um, almost has to... Yeah, that, that sounds like published publisher material. And that's a different baby, isn't it? A different ball game. It is. I've been talking to an agent I actually met at the um, at a cafe, and he's been teaching me a lot. And so, I think it'll be good. And I don't really, if I get a great huge advance or whatever, that's fine. I have some friends that have gotten big advances, and they can introduce me to their agents and do everything they can. But it's not. This one isn't about 
Right, right. Ron got a big advance because Ron had sold thousands of dollars worth of his cookbook on ClickBank. This would be a little different. Um, I, I wouldn't be so worried about the advance. I, if, if they come to you and say we're going to take the book on, I'd be flipping all over your carpet because that's a major accomplishment. Trust me. Yeah. I have a I have a publisher that I go back and forth with on my book because there's certain things I want to put in uh, that you know she says are either they're not you know they're like the topic of sex some things aren't sexual enough some things are too sexual or the language is too rough or it's not rough enough or it's, I mean you know but it's your life and I don't want someone and editing it so I have gone back this book should have been out 6 months ago and I've gone back and forth with this literary agent and the publisher who I will let rename nameless for now because they're doing their job but you know when you're when you put your heart and soul into something I know what you're saying it you know it is what it is so well we got 90 seconds and I think that I, Rachel seriously I keep me posted on the book and uh you know Hope you weren't offended by uh, one of my girls uh, going. Well, she didn't go topless. She just got excited, you know, on the YouTube video. No, you make me laugh. <laughs> P.T. Barnum, baby. I'm old school, you know. I got to do whatever necessary. Seriously, it is. It, it's been. A, it, it really has been a pleasure. I wish. I wish, I wish we had more time. But uh, you know, Vinny loves you, and anything I can do to ever help you, you just give me a shot. All right. Well, thank you, and thank you for all the smiles all the time. Yeah, I try. We try. I, 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 you know, when we don't, we fake it. So I got to close her out, as always, by saying um, thanks to Rachel, and uh, may you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true, and as always, may you always remain forever young. Thank you, everybody. Good night. God bless. Rachel, much appreciated. I can write this off my friggin' bucket list. Much love. Good night. Be Good night. safe on your trip, girl. Will do. Will do. Good night. All right. I hope to meet you down in Vinnyland. Get down to Florida uh, sometime. A dinner, comp, Disney, whatever you want. Done deal. Peace.